shotglassdigital.com. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it's Pass the Corn with our good buddy Eric Schoenweiss and a special guest from over the Disney Vault Talk drops by. We're talking about the Hanks on your safe place to geek out. It's the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson. I am excited to be along with you because it's one of those episodes where I just know, I know, I know yeah, we're going to have some fun. Listen, we've talked the Star Wars trailer on Rebel Yell. We have discussed uh, all kinds of fun things on other shows. And so it's a good old fashioned past the corn segment on this one. And we're not going to get, we're not going to do a lot of ado. We're not going to have a lot of, a lot of chitty chat about who's here. We're going to bring him right in. Ladies and gentlemen, he is my brother from another mother. All the way from up north of me somewhere on the East Coast. Eric Schoenweiss, what's up, my brother? I named a dog, Indiana. <laughs> That's your entrance music. I love it. That's what you come strutting down to the ring to, and nothing but your oh, singlet ready love to. That yep, with a fedora and a and a bullwhip. Throwing the "you can't see me" sign out there. I don't know about that. Oh, come on now! Don't be, don't hate. I'm not hating. I'm just saying I don't know if I'll be throwing down the Cena. You can't see me. Well, I think you should be, Erish. We're not alone. We're not. There's a there is a presence among us, and it's special guest. It's. <laughs> it's crazy because given our recording schedule this week and how much time I've spent dealing with editing and trying to get other podcasters to actually show up on feeds, I feel like I've been with you guys every single day. But uh, let's bring her in. I'm American made, but we call her the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. You can find her on all kinds of podcasts all over the web. 
from Star Wars Bookworms over at the Star Wars Report site at StarWars.com to Fangirls Going Rogue, part of the Rebel Force Radio family at ShotClassDigital.com and RebelForceRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Ka-chao. I got to tell you, that song jams a little bit, guys. I like that she threw down a little Lightning McQueen on us. That's right. How you doing, Teresa? As if I don't know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, I've been talking to you guys for three days. (laughs) Erish, really quickly, because there's been a lot of concern from Rebel Yell, did you get your Force Awakens tickets? I did. I did. Finally came through. I mean, the problem we were having is that the area in Pennsylvania, it's uh, where my family lives and where we're intending to see the movie. Like a lot of theaters out there were, aren't on Fandango mm. and the other sites. So we had limited options and the chain that we really like is a small chain. And, you know, they were, well, we'll be online at 1030 and then at 1030 they won't. Well, we hope to be online in an hour, and then they won't. And, well, now it's going to be tomorrow. So, you know, it took some finagling, and eventually we got it. So we got Thursday night the 715 show for the whole family. Nice. And then uh, Friday noon and Friday 6 o'clock. You will literally be sitting down to watch that movie. And they are nice, big, reserved recliner seats. Well, you'll, you'll be sitting down literally four, almost four and a half hours before uh, our crew will out in Texas. Well, what yep. time, what show did you guys get? 10.35. 10.35? All right, well, I'll text you the ending. Th- there you go. There you go. Well, see, because... We are also, it'll be 11.35 your time when we go in to watch it. They just killed all the Ewoks. (laughs) (laughs) Cover, cover Teresa's eyes. Please, for the love of God, don't let her see this. I'm going to get a text from Erich that says, that's not Chewy, it's Kitwar. Yeah. And Teresa's just going to flip out and go nuts. (laughs) She's like, yeah. Not yeah. Not yeah. Kitwar. I'm going to be like, no. Yeah, but, See this? but you love Kitwar. I know. I don't want him to die. No. I, oh, yeah. Okay. That's, well, who said Chewie's dying? That's what he said. He said all the Ewoks were going to die. The Ewoks are going to die. I didn't say anything about Chewie. Chewie's a, a Wookiee. I know. Steve's, but the, why one did... that, Steve's the one that want, brought Wookiees into this. I got confused. I was just trying to think of pertinent stuff to like all of our Rebels discussions in the past. Teresa's a huge Kitwar fan. Kitwar. Yeah, that's really worked out well for you, hasn't it? They've brought him back around a lot. Oh, yeah, he's become a huge part of that show. He's a huge, huge character in the show. Rides around on Zeb's back all the time. (laughs) I just pretend that I see him. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're actually, I've actually missed Rebels tonight to do some podcasting, so. Uh, you and me both. Yeah, going to have to. Uh, gonna ad-ats, have to... man. You're what? missing the ad-ats. I know. That's okay. But, but I have hard. it on my DVR. So do I. It's one of my favorite vehicles from the Star Wars universe is the ad-at. It's well worth it because of what we're talking about tonight. I hear you. I hear you. And 
if you're wondering what we're talking about tonight, we said so in the intro, but we'll do it again because I, nothing if don't repeat myself. Speaking of repeating myself, have you been to the Amazon links at Geek Out Podcast and GeekOutOnline.com to do your shopping? You should. Helps the shows when you do so. Hey, make sure you clear your cookies. Um, I've heard had some other people who use this, uh, this service for similar things, and they're saying that it doesn't show up when people purchase and that sort of stuff. Uh, and I think it has to do with clearing your cookies. So if you'll just kind of clear a little cookie here or there, uh, click on those links. Do your, do your shopping as you normally would. doesn't cost you anything extra, but what it does do is it helps kick back to the shows, helps us out in a big, bad way, and we appreciate your support in that way. And if you want to support us directly, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and be just like Marvin Jones, our featured supporter for this show. Chaos is his power. No matter how well laid the plans of those who oppose him, Marvin will make a mess of them. He brings chaos in a controlled way wherever he goes. Marvin Jones, our featured supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud, who supports us at patreon.com slash geek out loud and you can do so just like he did also if you want to buy some geek out loud goliverse t-shirts you can do so by heading over to geekoutonline.com slash shirts we got a great t public store there there is the classic gold shirt there's the bare bones gold shirt there's the rock out loud mixtape shirt there's the mark out loud shirt and there's the disney vault talk baby mushroom shirt mm-hmm. so check them out they're Hoping to have more and more designs go up, and and so we'll just have be like a darn be like one of those stores when you go to the beach and all they have are t-shirts with all your various iron-ons. Remember those guys? Yes. Um, yeah. You just get iron-on t-shirts all the time, and then airbrush became a thing for a while. Uh, that's what we're trying to make our tea public store into. So check it out, geekoutonline.com/slash/shirts. The people want to pass the corn shirt, man. I am actually working on it. As we speak, Eric, hopefully people will be able to pass the corn for Christmas. That's that's the plan. So we'll get us a pass the corn shirt up there. Um, Speaking of pass the corn. My nephews. What's that? I know what I'm getting my nephews now. (laughs) They're all going to be like, what the hell is this? Shirts do make great stocking stuffers, guys. What? You got a shirt? Hey, it's a pass the corn shirt. That's what I'm going to tell them. Who doesn't want that? You should give it to them in one of those little paper um, popcorn stripey things you can get at the store. That'd be good. You mean like a popcorn container? Yeah, but they have like the disposable ones that you can get in a little package. Mm-hmm. I'll just paper one. use a, a, like after I make microwave popcorn and empty the corn out of it, I'll just stick the shirt in the bag. <laughs> get, them all, get them all nice and greasy. Yep. <laughs> that way they smell like corn. Doc Zen says, "Shoot them out of a cannon shirt, Eric, or shoot yes. them Oh well, man, we can do that at the uh, at the uh, your Geek Out Loud Con. That's right at Gold Con, Gold Con 2016. <laughs> Gold Con. Um, hey, speaking of T-shirt cannon, have you guys? Are you guys watching the Muppets on Tuesday nights? Yeah, it wasn't on this week. It wasn't. Uh, they, I have only seen the first episode. I have the other ones. Made me so sad. Up. Well, oh my god, the last one was. Fozzie with a t-shirt cannon. Yeah, and he hit, what's his he name? He hit Statler square in the face, and Statler's right there on the front row, and, and so Fozzie goes to visit him in the hospital. <laughs> and Statler's like, well, before you sent me arse over tea kettle, I was doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great moment. <laughs> I honestly love when the Swedish chef started singing. Erish, 
you need to YouTube when we're done with this. No, I have them on DVR. I just well, gotta catch up on the episodes. I'm just saying you need to YouTube the Swedish Chef doing karaoke. Okay. Because one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life is the Swedish Chef singing Rapper's Delight. <laughs> so, I want them to release it as a full song. All right. Well, hey guys, let's let's just do this thing. Hey, Arish. Hey, Steve. Pass the corn. All right, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, the Pass the Corn edition of Geek Out Loud, um, we, Erish and I, a while back, we talked about Tom Cruise, who we both have kind of a little man crush on. Um, and in talking the other night when we were doing all of our recording for the Rebels and the, and the trailer, uh, Tom Hanks got brought up. And Erish and I have been talking about doing a Tom Hanks-centric show similar to what we did with Tom Cruise. And Teresa, as she often does, said... Uh, I have to be on that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa perked up and she said, can I come on? I was like, Tom Hanks, what? Where? Where? That's Where? right. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel. Teresa, what is, what is it you love about Tom Hanks? Oh my God! What do I not love about Tom Hanks? Okay, Tom Hanks. Let's get this out of the way. Okay, Tom Hanks is my like older man crush. Mm-hmm. Like, I would marry that man. Wow! <laughs> if I could, like, I love him. How some people love Clooney, or some people love um, Connery, or whatever. No, the Tom Hanks. <laughs> right. Is right. like. And I love the fact that he has his Twitter handle as Hanks with an X, mm-hmm. like H-A-N-X. I'm like, that's so cute. Like, oh, and his obsession with typewriters. I love that. He, uh, he, he's a, he collects vintage I know, he collects typewriters. typewriters. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Erish, Tom Hanks seems like one of those Hollywood stars that's still very down to earth. And that's why I love him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is... He's a powerhouse in this industry. There are very few like him. Actor, director, writer, producer, across the board, he's had hits. Had a career that's been decades long. Um, You know, huge box office successes and won awards left and right. But yet the man is so humble, so down to earth, will show up on Saturday Night Live unannounced and just poke fun at himself. You know, I don't know if anybody's seen him on the Saturday Night Live Celebrity Jeopardy yes. bits that they yes. do, but he is just drop-dead hysterical. <laughs> and he's making fun of himself. He's playing himself as a huge buffoon. Well, you know, he And got... there's very few people of his position in any career that are like that. Well, he got his start, you know, I mean, he, his big breaks were with comedy, you know, bosom buddies. Yeah. And, uh, and so he's got good comedic chops, and, and he's a funny guy. And that just really, to me, helps play super well into the dramatic stuff that he does. Um, because a lot of times what you find is comedians really translate well into the drama. 
mm-hmm. you know, more so than a dramatic actor transitioning into comedy. Yep. So, and well, Eric, oh, Eric, I showed Steve this one video, and I don't know if you've seen it, but where Tom Hanks is on the late night, like late, late show with James Corden, where he goes through. They like, go through um, when they play all of his characters. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he was just on. I think it was just Jimmy Kimmel that he was on where they were doing uh, they do th- these plays that are written by like seven year olds no, no that is um, that's Fallon oh not, Fallon they do it's that. called it's called Kid Theater yeah yeah it was really funny <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that I would love to if see I know he's going to be on a late night talk show I have this weird obsession with late night talk shows and I love just watching what all these people do and especially now with colbert and fallon doing all the games and stuff mm. oh it was so funny it was good good times side uh, sidebar real quick i mean has fallon brought back in some in you know in a way for a new generation the magic of the tonight show i think so yes he has but you know colbert has also done the same thing for the late show like i love i like colbert's humor more than I like Fallon's, but I love Fallon too. So it's I record them both every night. Mm-hmm. Although they haven't been new this week, there haven't been new ones. It made me sad. Well, that happens sometimes, Teresa. But I'm sad because I look forward to it. Well, you know, it'll be okay. Because be I wanted to see Colbert's reaction to the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> so did I, actually. It'll come. We'll get yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just something about that. It's not just about having the guests come on and sit there and plug whatever new thing they're involved in. Because right. I mean, it's so, it's so obvious now to see that the, the circuit that, you know, okay, Tom Hanks has got Bridge of Spies. It's just come out. So when he's in New York, he does, you see him on the morning shows for like two or three days in a row. And then you see him on tonight show or whatever. And then like, you'll see him go to the West coast and he'll be on like Conan O'Brien or so. I mean, as viewers we start to figure it out and it's like you're just hearing the same spiel over and over and over again a lot of times so like Fallon and Colbert by incorporating these games and doing these fun bits and stuff it just makes it more entertaining to watch well it makes it more entertaining to watch and it also makes it more bearable for the guests you know it also makes it viral that's true. Yeah. Which is the big key. Yeah. It's well, and, all about doing something that's viral. Well, and Tom Hanks wasn't even a guest on Colbert, but he showed up on Colbert a, maybe a week ago to do just this little interim segment where they, I forget what it's called. It's called like questions of the universe or something. And they were laying like on fake grass asking yeah. each other like oh. these crazy questions. Hey, and it just like came out of nowhere. Hey, Tom. What do you think peanut butter is really made of? Like it was that kind of stuff, and it, it was just yeah. That was Teresa made me sit and watch these things the other night. I did. Um, yeah. Why is life like a box of chocolates? <laughs> so um, this dude, I'm going to tell you something. I could watch Tom Hanks eat a pile of hair on camera <laughs> and be entertained. Actually, he would probably make that really entertaining. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's yeah, like just imagining the faces and stuff from him and yes. like the overreaction and the choking on it and begging for water and stuff. I think he would be hysterical doing that. But he also has 
you know, you mentioned Arish's production stuff. You know, after after Apollo thirteen, and, and you know he he was a big producer on From the Earth to the Moon that miniseries. Oh, that went on. I will ah uh, love it. He he got really involved in in you know Band of Brothers and um, you know after Saving Private Ryan, and so he well, and him and his wife Rita Wilson produced My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which mm-hmm. they made for nothing and was a huge, ginormous mega hit. I mean, he's been involved in a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily uh, assume. Oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies that have been shown up on HBO. He's the a producer. CNN stuff yeah, about the sixties. Yep. Well, and that's what I'm saying is is he has these passion projects that he's done. Yep. You know, and it really kind of in you know is, to me I was aware of it, and and so I'm not going to say what the first thing was, but I was really aware of it when he did From the Earth to the Moon. Yeah. Um, and and it seemed like he was written because whenever you'd hear him talk about it, he seemed very passionate about, you know, the space program and, and what went on with NASA and, and, you know, getting to the moon. And then um, and then, of course, with the World War Two stuff, he got very passionate about, you know, veterans affairs and everything for a little while with that. It just makes a huge part of the World War Two Museum. Right. Mm-hmm. That they built. Um, was very hands-on and instrumental in a lot of that, get, getting that done. Yeah. You know what the name of his production company is? Isn't it Playtone? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love well, that. I was, a, I was in middle school, I guess, when From the Earth to the Moon was coming out, and I remember making sure that I had the TV every night for those 12 nights to watch From the Earth to the Moon because I was not going to miss it. And then when it came out on VHS, I had to have it. And then it came out on Blu-ray. And then I had to get, or yeah, I had to get another Blu-ray set um, because I lost one of the discs, and I about had a heart attack. <laughs> and I sit through from the Earth to the Moon at least once or twice every single year. Um, I also do Band of Brothers and The Pacific at least like once every couple of years. And John Adams is actually amazing. I have that one too. Band uh, of Brothers is my New Year's. Yeah, I, I love Band of Brothers. So do I. I didn't realize was Hank, Hanks wasn't involved in John Adams, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was really? producer. Wow. Yeah. Wow, see, now I've got a confession to make at this and point. And the uh, Big Love, I mean, a lot of stuff on HBO he's been mm-hmm. involved in as a producer. Well, and see, I've got a, uh, I've got a, I've got a confession to make at this point because of my lack of access to the HBO and that sort of thing for years and years and years. I've never watched Band of Brothers. Oh, and all right, we, we need to fix that. And I never got to watch From the Earth to the Moon. You've never seen From the Earth to yeah, the Moon. Yeah, we got to no. fix both of those. Oh, I'm gonna so, die right now. So I gotta Steve, make. I know. I gotta make Steve, those things happen. When you're here in Austin, I'm gonna put on some From the Earth to the Moon. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I love, I love stuff like that. The, um, this has nothing to do with Tom Hanks necessarily, but Discovery Channel a few years back did a did a mini series called When We Left Earth, and it was basically kind of the history of NASA. You know, the space program right. all the way up to recent and. Just watching those because they really did focus in on the stuff through the '60s, and and just watching that stuff, and it made me long for that type of innovation and imagination again in our country, you know. But uh, that's a whole different subject. But I love that kind of stuff, man. And we'll talk more about that as we get into the movies uh, aspect of things, I'm sure. But um, so what we thought we'd do, everybody, everybody, uh, we thought we would uh, throw out our top five. 
uh, favorite Tom Hanks movies. Before we get into the top Please. five, let's yes. just let's just plug. I mean, part of the reason that we're talking Tom Hanks right now is that's right. He's got Bridge of Spies out. Yes, um, where he plays it's a it's a sto- it's a real life story. He uh, he plays the lawyer who wound up negotiating the trade of a Russian spy that we had captured here for Gary Powers, who was the uh, U-2 spy plane pilot that got shot down over Russia. Um, movies directed by Steven Spielberg. It's very much like an old-school kind of thriller, a little Capra-esque at times. Just a beautiful movie to look at. Cinematography is gorgeous in it, but Tom Hanks is fantastic. He brings a very... He brings this everyman quality to his role that not many other actors do, but at the same time, his character is whip smart, mm-hmm. is very dedicated and loyal, and will not let anybody pull a fast one over on him, and is not afraid to call them out on it, even though at times he's, excuse me, definitely fearful for his life in the movie, and it's just, I saw it uh, two weeks ago, the weekend that it opened, and it was just fantastic. I really recommend No, I saw it just Saturday. Yeah, what you talking about right. Well, it seems like that because we've been podcasting for three days straight. Yeah, Ash. it does. Uh, uh, the, still kind of Star Wars trailer. <laughs> that's right. But, well, we, t- uh, we I definitely recommend this movie. Whether you see it in the theater or on demand or DVD or whatever, when it comes out, it, it's a great, great picture. Well, and we talked about Bridge of Spies as we were um, doing our last Pass the Corn, looking ahead yeah, to the October, movies of October. And I did not realize that, you know, he had a movie coming out and it was this. And then when you texted me the other day saying that you were going and, and I mean, you just gushed all over the thing pretty much afterwards. And so it's like, well, I've got to get out and see this. I, I, I keep saying I've got to get to I still hadn't seen The Martian. I haven't seen any of these things that I want to see. And so I, it's like I've got to get to a movie theater soon just to just to watch some of this stuff. But now I'm well, just it, added to the fact that it's Spielberg directing. It. I do not miss a Spielberg movie in the theaters. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I grew up idolizing this man and he is just a master craftsman at work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, when, uh, when we talked about doing this, one of the best ways to start talking about the man's work is to kind of throw out our favorite movies with him and so we we thought we'd do our top fives i wonder really quickly um is there is there anything um is there any honorable mentions that you guys are bringing to the table i have five i I, I had a few i think we should go through our top okay go through our top fives first and then do because i think that i mean with with the career as long as his and Mm -hmm. with so many movies i think that the three of us with the top five list were going to have some overlap, right. and you know the honorable mentions might come into play afterwards. All right. Well, let's... I also have a favorite character of his. Oh, too. nice! I didn't do that. I'm going to think about that. Can we do that last? <laughs> yeah. Well, do that last. So while we're talking, keep that in the back of your head. Teresa, hit us with your since ladies first. Hit us with your uh, number five. Okay, so my number five is the Green Mile. So I, oh, okay, I've read the book. It's the only, I guess, The Green Miles by Stephen King, right? Yes. Okay, I have it on my shelf somewhere. I was looking for it. It's the only Stephen King book I've ever read. 
And I read it because I watched the movie and I was just so awestruck by the movie and I love his character and I love how he like comes around and he ends up being an advocate for this guy who was clearly wrongly accused. Um, I will never be able to look at moon pies the same again in my life Uh, or at mice. Um, I don't know. It was just there was something about it. It was a, it was a magical movie while also being slightly freaky, and his character was just so good. Yeah, um, Michael Clark Duncan was in that with him, and um, oh my gosh, who's the Mister Bojangle, the mouse? Uh, um, Mike. I want to say Michael Jeter. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he has this little wormy role in in everything. He, like he's always and, interesting. He's he's yep. a very good character actor. In David that. Morse and Barry Pepper yes. and um, uh, Sam Rockwell. Yes, and Tom Hanks just plays this super even. You know. He's never the bad guy. He's this super level-headed guy throughout everything that's going on. He has a hard time believing everything that he's seeing and all. Um, but uh, it's... Uh, it's He's very mild-mannered, right. but can be a total tough-ass yes. when he mm-hmm. needs to be. Exactly, exactly. And, like, you know, tell it to you like it is, where you're not going to doubt his word, you're not going to doubt his sincerity, um, but he's got a heart. He treats everybody well. Um, yeah, I, this one was close. This was a close one for me. Mm. Definitely, I think, in the top ten. And Teresa, like you, it's the only Stephen King book that I've read. Oh, yeah, wow. it's just, um, I just love the way that he approached the character. And he just, he got so much of it right. And he showed so much emotion without showing emotion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he had just had this great, I don't even know how he did that. Just, I don't know that this movie works if Tom Hanks isn't the main character in it. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, he's the glue that holds it all together. And, and look, it's directed by Frank Darabont, who is a great director. Um, but yeah, I think without Hanks in that main role, I don't know that the movie is as good. Right. And it's a long movie. It's like yes. three hours, three plus hours long. So I... you're with these guys for a long time, and Hanks is in almost every scene. Yeah, and I really love the relationship with his wife, who's played by Bonnie Hunt, who I've just I've had a mad crush on for ages. Um, <laughs> but they just have they have this really sweet relationship where they both completely trust each other and can like you know sort of read each other's thoughts and stuff. I, yeah. Well, she she really does play his other half when they go have dinner, like with James Cromwell. Mm-hmm. You know, and his yep. wife is is having her issues and everything. Like they just handle it so well. Yeah. And you know, and they and they just kind of you're right. They just really feed off one another, and and they have a great chemistry there on screen. He and Bonnie. So, Eris, uh, what's your number five? Uh, I'm going with Catch Me If You Can. Oh my gosh! I read another the book. good one. I read the book and then saw the movie. Another movie directed by Spielberg. Yep. Uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Uh, DiCaprio plays, again, another one based on a true story. Uh, DiCaprio plays a man named Frank Abagnale Jr., who was one of the most notorious and successful forgers in the country. Like, he would forge bank checks and stuff like that. And he, he was doing this all while he was still a teenager. He should have been in high school. And he was flying around pretending to be a Pan Am pilot and all this stuff. And 
Tom Hanks plays the FBI agent who has been tasked with bringing him down. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, the two of them wound up having a career together for years. Um, but again, another role where Hanks is sort of that every man, but whip smart, you know, dedicated, loyal. I just, I love this movie. Well, it's also interesting to watch him play a character where you're really rooting for his character and you're kind of rooting for Leonardo DiCaprio's character, but, and he, and Leonardo always tends to almost stay one step ahead of, uh, Carl in, in that movie. And, and to watch Hank's performance dealing with that and trying to figure out how to cut Leo off at the pass and how to finally, you know, get there, get where he's at. And then, and then when they do start working together, you know, toward the end, when you get get to see them once they've caught him and, and, and he starts working with him, it's just really, you know, it, it the, the shift that that character has to make to now working with this guy, you see the relationship grow, but yeah, Tom Hanks is fabulous in that in that role because he has no nonsense and he's just the rock of that whole piece there with the fbi and john williams music by the way yep Teresa, you you would the catch me if you can oh man we've had two copies of that in my house for a while (laughs) (laughs) and i keep going why do we have two copies and then i go well because one's a tom hanks copy and one's a leonardo dicaprio copy And the book, which Frank Abagnale Jr. wrote, the book is really good. And I just happened to come across it on one of our free book piles at work one day. And I'm looking at this, and it's like, you know, I had a little thing on the front, like, soon to be a new motion picture from Steven Spielberg. And I'm like, oh, what is I got to check this out. And I just started reading it, got totally sucked into it. You know, Uh, I've never read the book. Who's the book by? By Frank, he By wrote Frank. it himself. He wrote it himself. Okay, I need to get that and read it. I've, I've done a lot of Google research at, every time after I watch this movie, trying to remind myself everything about this guy, you know. And I think he does speaking engagements and stuff too, or yeah. he used to. And he's gone on to develop like all the software and techniques to help banks prevent crimes like he was committing. Um, he's made a fortune as. A legitimate businessman and the years afterwards uh, but the book I really recommend if you like the movie I definitely recommend the book because it goes a little bit into more detail about certain things mm-hmm. in particular uh, the years he spent in prison in Europe um, see I would be interested in that the hellhole that the French prison was and then he spent like a year in prison in like Amsterdam or something like that, and it was like a five-star resort kind of thing. So it, very interesting. Wow. Um, my number five, I, guys, my top five are all the hits. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and my number five is my favorite chick flick of all time. It's You've Got Mail. Yay! <laughs> part of the, the third, I, I believe it's the third part of the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan trilogy. It is the third one, um, yes. I, this movie, I quote the little, there's little things in this movie I quote all the time. Whenever I'm asking someone for a pen, I'm like, you have a pen, a pen, a pen? You know, like, because he does that. He goes through the different pronunciations of pen in one, in, at one point. Uh, F-O-X. I also say bouquets of sharpened pencils. <laughs> yes. I love, I love this movie. It's, it was, obviously, it's, you know, it, it was a remake of The Shop Around the Corner. 
which was, mm-hmm. I believe, based on a little story. But, um, but it was de- it was also a movie of its time. You know, it it really plays on the whole dial up AOL. This was when AOL was still a big thing. You've got mail, and but Tom Hanks just he plays a guy who is trying to to not be what his father was. He believes in, you know, something more fulfilling than what he's seen all his life with his own father and, and something more fulfilling than just taking over these. And, but he's still willing to, as he says, you know, when he's quoting the Godfather, go the mattresses. And I love when he's, <laughs> when he's doing that, he's like, oh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, you know, he's just, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Thursday, Thursday Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, and uh, I, I just love all. It's where you get to see him do all his little nuances, his different faces, his different, you know, it, he the choices he makes are just so fun to me, and I just love that movie. I love it. I think it's just absolutely charming. I think one of my favorite scenes from that movie is when he's going to go and meet her for the first time and Dave Chappelle is saying, oh, she's attractive. She's beautiful. And he's like, she had to be. (laughs) (laughs) And then he walks in and sees her, just breaks her down. No, she breaks him down. And then she feels bad about it. Yes. Yes. And um, it's it's a good movie. And then don't cry, shop girl. Oh, Jeez. Great. Great moment. Great, great movie. It's just such a good movie. It's my favorite. And I love the opening. Like, it's, it reminds me of the internet when I first got the internet. Well, yeah. I mean, it was you know? right around that time. Yeah. And the way you click in, and I love that song, you know, and he talks about if I only, if I had a puppy, I'd be so very lucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like clicking, click, click. I don't know. So cute. And Greg Kinnear in this thing, though, too, by the way, just a sidebar. <laughs> yeah. Just such a fun character and so good. And, and it's just so funny because there's all these typewriters in it. Yes, yes. And so I'm like, hello, connection. Uh, so, Eris, you, do you have anything to say about You've Got Mail? Uh, actually, I, it's been, I think I saw it once, mm-hmm. like when it first came out, and I haven't seen Look, for me, the Meg Ryan movie is When Harry Met Sally. Right, right. And so, yes, she did the three movies with Tom Hanks, but I always kind of felt like that was cheating on Billy Crystal. Oh, okay. Um, you know, that's when Harry met Sally's. I mean, my first day at NYU film school, I'm walking to class. I get to Washington Square Park, and they're filming the scene at the beginning of the movie where she drops him off at the park and the city. And I never made it to class that day. I just, like weaseled my way onto the set and just hung out watching them film this all day long. And it's just been, I don't know. It's like just one of those movies for me. Mm -hmm. So it would, I I didn't really take an interest in you've got mail sleepless in Seattle, the other Meg Ryan movies because I was just so, yeah, I was just so locked into that one. But now it tears my back. heart apart. I want to go back and watch this. It stuff, tears so. my heart apart, Eric, that you just said that. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that it's not Ow. a good movie. Just at Ow. the time, it's my it's my favorite chick flick of all time. I prefer it to Sleepless in Seattle. I mean, I really do. And I know that. And I know Sleepless is the one that most people really dig on. And I'm sure we'll talk about that momentarily. But, um, but yeah, how do you know? I, I'm I have a sixth sense about these things. Teresa, you got a number four for us. 
Um, my number four is probably my favorite military movie of all time. It is Saving Private Ryan. Um, I love this movie, and it makes me cry every time because I always hope that the end will change and that he'll live. Um, I'm not sure why I think it's going to change, <laughs> but I just hope. Um, I love how he keeps everybody on track and how he knows everything that's going on, and I love the fact that he's a teacher and I'm a teacher, and he leaves everything to go to this war, and um, I don't know. There's just something about his character in that one. He's so smart. He always plays such a smart guy. I don't know. I just I Smart but unassuming. Yeah, and Saving Private Ryan is epic for, you know, more than just his performance. The cinematography from, you know, when they, the Battle of Normandy and D-Day and all that. And I'm a massive World War II nut, and I've taught history in school and stuff, and I just, I love World War II. So this is even bigger for me for those reasons, because it's actually really historically accurate for a lot of it. Um and it was just really cool getting to see all of the different you know, places that they went and the things that they saw and the experience and the, the dynamic between all of the people in their little crew. Um, it was just so good. This is my number two movie uh, on my list. Okay. And for many of the same reasons that you just cited, um, I, I mean, Hanks' performance in this is fantastic. And, I don't find it sad at the end. There's like so much weight and meaning when those last words that he says to, to Matt Damon, like earn this and just the way he says it with just two words. And then you cut to the shot of him, like, you know, as an older man with the, with the whole family and you can see how those two words impacted his entire life after that. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, like the style of the movie, you know, it changed the way war movies were shot. Mm. Spielberg from that very opening sequence where the landing craft hits the beach and the, the ramp comes down and bam, you're just right there in the middle of this madness with all of them. Like after that, everybody started to kind of copy that style in, in doing war movies, like putting you right there in the middle of it so that, you're not just watching this, you're really feeling the chaos and the insanity that's going on around you. The cast is fantastic. Again, Barry Pepper, Vin Diesel. Um, Casey Affleck's in that one, isn't he? Case, uh, no, I don't think he is. I was trying um, to think of the all of the people... Ed Burns, who at that time was more known as a director, like Brothers McMullen and things like that. Um, he just plays the Brooklyn guy perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just across the board, the cast is really good. And then just little cameos, too. Paul Giamatti shows up for five seconds, and then all of a sudden there's Ted. You're like, what's Ted Danson doing in this? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just I, I love it. Um. I'm also I'm, still, I was thinking of I'm Adam still annoyed that it didn't win Best Picture that year. Oh, I still I claim it should have, and I think it lost out to Life is Beautiful, if I remember correctly. But, ugh, I'm so annoyed at that. 
Yeah, it's uh, this is one that I've only watched the one time as well. Um, and you know, of course, Tom Hanks was brilliant in it. I just the scene that sticks with me is the, is the scene you were just talking about, Irish, where it where it goes to him standing there in the cemetery with his family and just how powerful that was and how much I couldn't handle it. And so I haven't really watched it since. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, am I a good man? Right. Jeez. Mm -hmm. mm, well, and I actually use the opening sequence um, when they land on the beach, when I used to teach about, um, medicine stuff and I would be on my brain unit talking about the different ways that the lobes of the brain function and versus, you know, audio versus visual stimuli and it stimulating different emotions. And I use that opening scene from Saving Private Ryan to stimulate that kind of fear and, um, you know, other sadness emotions and stuff to see what my high school kids feel when they see that. Um, and it's always very interesting. Because the way that it's shot, it elicits hmm. a lot of different emotions yeah. from kiddos. And again, it's the it's the cool calmness of Tom Hanks's performance that carries us through this movie. You know, yeah. he's yes. the one that keeps the rest of the cast, the rest, of, everything else grounded for us. Right. Um, Eris, you're number four. Um. And you doing that, <laughs> that thing, thing you, you do, do. breaking my, my heart into a million pieces. And this is just kind of across the board because he wrote, directed, and had a role in the movie. But I mean, the the song is so catchy, and you know, is an earworm. Once you have it in your head, you can't let it go. Yeah. So thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. The, uh, you know, fun cast, just, and it's a fun story. It's just this fun little thing. Yeah. And you know what? The, the thing that struck me about that thing you do is it was, as far as live action goes, his follow-up after he was in Apollo 13. And of course I know he, he was, he had a lot more roles in this than just acting, but, uh, and and that was the first time I was a uh, freshman in college, I think, when that thing you do came out. And I'd seen Apollo 13 and, and loved it my, my senior year of high school or the summer after or whatever. But, and, and that was the first time that I was watching a movie expecting, I don't know what kind of performance I expected out of Tom Hanks, but when I did see him on screen, I'm like, well, this is nothing like I was expecting this. He's not Jim Lovell or he's not doing Forrest Gump or he's not, you know, and I was just like, you know, he wasn't particularly the funniest person on screen. He was, the kind, and, and I just remember really appreciating that. Oh, this guy, he's the a lot slick of professional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But my favorite part of the entire movie, and it's just this tiny little scene and he's, it's a quick shot to him. The scene where the band is playing, uh, they're playing like one of the second or third songs that they did, and they're playing it in that, that theater in the round kind mm -hmm. of arena. And he's kind of pacing around them as they're playing. And there's a part in the song where they hit like a note, and he literally just punches his fist, like as the note hits. It's just, it's such a little thing, but I love that part. It's one of my favorite parts in the whole movie because. He's just that guy. He loves the music. And he's the slick, 
you know, producer guy, but he's also very down to earth and direct and real with them. You know, you're going to record the songs per the contract. This is what we want. You do it. Then you can record your own stuff. But none of that lover's lament stuff. I want something snappy, something that you can dance to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, such a fun Yes, movie. I've seen the movie a few times. <laughs> Good. Uh, it's such a fun one. Captain I love this movie. Captain I, Beach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't have this one on DVD. I have I have a whole section in my DVD area that is dedicated to where all my Tom Hanks movies are. Um, and I don't have this one. I've been slowly collecting them over time. And there's a few I don't have. This is one of them. Sad. Also, for Bosom Buddies fans, little Peter Scolari cameo in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this movie. It's fun. And I don't necessarily love it for Tom Hanks. He's like a side character for me for it. I I love Liv Tyler and the four guys. And yep. just, they, they crack me up. Well, like I said, he's I, I, on just, oh my gosh. I included it on the list, even though his character is a, a minor role in it because he wrote and directed it. Yeah. So it's kind of an over, and produced it, it's kind of an overall Hanks thing. And we mentioned Playtone earlier. That comes from the name of the record yep. company in this movie. Um, moving on. Cause, what's, wow. what's your number four, Steve? Thank you. My number four is Castaway. Castaway. This, uh, this is a movie that he carries the large ma- majority of it by himself. Yep. With, with a volleyball. Um, th- I'm telling you, this movie is... To, to watch him go from that moment of, oh my gosh, here I am, I've got to figure out what i got to do to survive. He gets the fire going and he has his little, come on baby, light my fire moment around the fire. <laughs> uh, I have made fire! All right, look what I have done. But I then made... but then to see him those years later and you, know, and you see where, as he's talking to Wilson that he almost, you know, that he was going to try to kill himself, but he tested it first and, and that, you know, he'd basically given up hope until, and, and what the moment when the, uh, that the thing that he uses as a sale, that part of what I guess is a porty potty. Um, and he's just watching it flop in the sand. I'm like, I, I watched that the first time I saw him. I'm like, this is the most entertaining thing this man has seen in years. This is the newest thing, you know. This this guy's. This is what solitude does, and I absolutely love this movie. And I love the fact that the character makes the choice to not bust up Helen Hunt's marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, he. It, it. A lot of people were disappointed that I'm like, I like that choice because he would rather do the right thing by her and her family. Than, then go through all the drama and and try to recreate life as he knew it. You know he's now, and and the ambi- and the ambiguity of that final shot. You know is he looking back over his shoulder at the lady? Is he? You know what's his plan? What's he doing? Oh, he's going back. Oh, sure, he's going back to see her. Sure, that, that's know, the way but, I but picture it in my head. But the way the camera spins around and and you know you, there's just some ambiguity there, and it's yep. nice. You know, and I really really love that movie his take when he's back when they've when they've rescued him and they've had the big uh the big banquet the big he banquet. just picks up the crab he leg pick, and yes yes yeah that's down. right yep yep and and just the, the way he's uh, you know playing with the ice on the on the uh 
on on the on the plane and everything. Just a great, great moment in a great movie where, like I say, he carried the majority of the movie on his own. He carried the movie on his own. Let's just and I'm very bitter about Castaway because I love this movie and it is an honorable mention for me. And I'm not crying. I just choked on myself. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, I'm I'm bitter about it because it was nominated for Best Picture, and it lost to Stinking Gladiator, and I uh, I uh, will no, never I'll take, uh, that I'll take Gladiator over and that's Castaway. and that's fine. But like for me, I'm a massive Tom Hanks fan. I don't like Gladiator as a movie for the most part, and I definitely have now cannot stand what's his name, um, Russell Crowe. No, Russell Crowe. I I won't watch anything he's in, and and it's purely because of this because I just feel like he got robbed, and I think because <laughs> Russell Crowe. Well, Castaway lost, but Tom Hanks also lost the. Um, he was. This is one of his he best. Nom- actors. He was nominated for best actor, and he lost to the stupid animal bird guy, and I just I can't. Animal bird guy. Animal after bird guy. after that Academy Awards, I oh. am officially I boycott Russell Crowe movies, and I wow. don't watch Gladiator. All right, all right. <laughs> what have you have you got your number three ready to go, Teresa? I do. Um, my number three actually has one of my favorite movie scores of all time: Angels and Demons. Oh. Um, I love the Dan Brown books. First of all, um, I read. I've read all of them. And I specifically love the Robert Langdon ones. But Angels and Demons I like a lot more than The Da Vinci Code, even though The Da Vinci Code came out first. Mm -hmm. But Angels and Demons technically in the book line was the first of the books. And so it's kind of interesting how they did it second and sort of they managed to tie them together backwards from the way the books were released, which they did it very cleverly. Cleverly? Yeah. And... um. But I like his role in Angels and Demons more than in The Da Vinci Code because he was kind of more in charge in this one. And he fought back and there's the whole scene inside of the Vatican you know, archives where he gets to go into. And he has this really intimate scene with the Pope when the new Pope is elected that just hits me. And I'm Catholic, so it, you know, all of this stuff just kind of like hits me a lot. And I just I love all of the pieces of it. I also love the scene where he's with um, Obi-Wan <laughs> and uh, or um, Ewan McGregor and he, they're asking him about his faith and they say, you know, with his head that he's an academic and stuff. And he's like, no, but what does your heart tell you about faith? And he's like, that I'm not meant to be, you know, somebody that has faith in God. And it's just the way he delivers that line just gets me every time. And then when he has to save one of the cardinals, the last cardinal, and he managed to save um, Cardinal Baggia, and he gets him, he gets in the water, and he's trying to lift this weighted down, like, dolly that he's tied to, you know, and and he gets people's help. It's just, ugh. He just but does he's smart, a too. Job. He uses the, uh, the air hose that's, like, under the water. To yes. pump air into the the cardinal's mouth while he's still submerged. Yes, I mean it's just it's it's so good and the score is amazing on this one and it's because my favorite I play the violin and my favorite violinist 
is the guy who helped put together all of the score for this movie. Um, and he plays all of the main violin parts, and it's just it's just so good. I've not seen Angels and Demons. I watched The Da Vinci Code. I read The Da Vinci Code, and, and I honestly thought that it was a compelling book because of the way it's written. The chapter breaks are cliffhangers. It's very much written in that kind of form. Um, and when I saw The Da Vinci Code, it's probably my least favorite uh, Tom Hanks film hmm. because it just it really seemed to drag on to me. Uh, so I didn't go revisit that with Angels and Demons, but Angels and Demons moves a little bit more fast paced because they're on a timeline. Mm-hmm. They're on a very specific timeline. Yeah, there's a ticking that, clock that the Illuminati has set for it. And it also, if you have any, if you like conspiracy theory stuff at all, like use they use the Illuminati in this one, which is, you know, this ancient organization um, that was supposedly put together by um, people like. Galileo and stuff like that that was the scientists that still believed in God and believed in the church but they also believed in science mm-hmm. um, so it's a very cool <laughs> dynamic but it's a lot more fast paced yeah. than, the, than the Da Vinci Code comes across um, and uh, the music is just gorgeous so. I'd like to see Dan Brown take on the Denver airport <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're supposed to be making they the are they're, shoot, they're shooting it right now Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, whole uh, product. Brian Grazer producing with Imagine, Ron Howard's directing. Yes. Tom Hanks is back. Now, see, they were going to make it a few years ago, but the reason that they didn't was because um, national, the second National Treasure came out, mm. um, which is kind of covering something very similar. Gotcha. Um, and so they kind of they stopped production. So it's been a while, and I was just like, come on, I need the last symbol. I'm more as a treasure. I'm more of a treasure protector. <laughs> National treasure. Uh, I like I like both the the Dan Brown movies. Uh, Tom Hanks took a lot of heat for his hair in these movies. <laughs> yeah, he did. Longer hair. <laughs> yeah. I ha- I happen to like the longer hair on him. So that was a good look. It was a good look. Yeah. It was a good look. What's your number three, Irish? Wait, did we? Okay, my number three. Uh, Got to go all the way back to 1988. Uh oh. Big. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Just because it's pretty much, you know, I think it's how a lot of us still kind of feel, you know, that kid at heart. You yeah. know, we're a grown up, but, you know, toys still entertain us. And I don't know. There's just so much about this movie that I, that I identify with. It's still as magical to me today as when I saw it in 88. Agreed. Agreed. When- when I was at when I was in middle school and I went to New York for the first time and I got to FAO Schwartz and I got to play on the big piano. Yep. It was like one of the best moments of my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so sad because FAO Schwartz is is it it is closed now, right? That location is closing. Right. I think that like, they're they're moving somewhere else in the city. But that store was so damn expensive. Right. But you know, but it's just the iconicness of it. And when I know, the, people I, when, went in there to do the play chopsticks on the big giant piano on the floor. Yeah. Um, that movie big is that that moment with the chopsticks on the floor. Um, you know, that was not Tom Hanks first movie. Of course, he'd been on TV and stuff. But that was the first even with Splash, you know, and Splash was a decent hit. That moment was really the first iconic moment of many 
that Tom Hanks would be involved in as, you know, as the years would go on. But that, that's, that's one of those scenes that, you know, hopefully many decades down the road when, you know, he passes away or there's a retrospective on him or whatever, that's going to be one of the, right. the go-to scenes yep. Yep. for him. That's a career defining moment for him. Uh, we'll be revisiting big momentarily. Um, <laughs> You want to have a sleepover? <laughs> I get top. Okay, I get to be I on top. top. I get to be on top. Um, my number three uh, is Forrest Gump. Nice. Um, this movie, I mean, this, I mean, I'm sorry. Tour de Force by Tom Hanks. Everyone has a Forrest Gump impersonation. Everybody, you know. Let's see. What love is? There it is. How about this past weekend? Uh, my the place where I work, we worked. A, we did a wedding. We catered a wedding, and and the cake, the groom's cake, the lady had written on it. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, does she realize that's not very nice? Um, this this movie rips my heart out. That that scene at the grave at the end, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, oh my gosh, it it it'll rip your heart out. But you just from the get-go with him where he's just sitting on that and you've met people like him before who are a little simple you know uh and they just want to talk to you and so you kind of dismiss them but what you find out if you're dismissing this guy you're missing an incredible take on history from someone's mm-hmm. point of view favorite line of the movie is he said we were going to give all our money to some fruit company and we wouldn't ever have to worry about money no more and i was saying okay that's good one less thing I'd love that moment where he's just like, one There's so thing. many good lines. I just felt like running. Yeah, I just felt like running. So when I. Lieutenant Diane, uh, ice cream. Magic, ice cream, Lieutenant run. Diane. Magic legs. Big Magic legs. Big <laughs> little stingy rain. <laughs> I, so, I have to say this. I hated the movie the first time I saw it. Really? I absolutely hated it. And. I hated it even more because it went on to make over $300 million. He won an Academy Award for it. The movie beat out Pulp Fiction for Best Picture of the Year. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, what the hell is wrong with this country? <laughs> um, but it's become like one of those kryptonite movies. It's always on TV. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've just grown to love it over the years. And it's like one of those things where... I'll be flipping the channels and I'll see this on. I'll be like, all right, I just have to watch until this scene. Like, you know, the, the, I'm sure you don't like this part, the, the Bear Bryant part. Yeah. But like, you know, it's <laughs> like, I got to see that. Or I love the running scene, you know, with uh, the Jackson Brown music in it and stuff mm-hmm. and the, the Have a Nice Day and uh, things like the that. Sound, the soundtrack of this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Um, he, uh, it also, you know, like, dude, I love some Pulp Fiction. I think Pulp Fiction is a fantastic movie. But when you look at this movie as a whole, technically what what they did, you know, as far as, you know, digitally inserting him into famous, you know, footage or old footage and stuff was just, it was kind of, you know, it was... At the time, it was, it was groundbreaking. Yeah, it was revolutionary. It was groundbreaking. Before. Yeah. So, um, but... And, I, and, of course, now it's become... In some ways, it's become one of those. This is what's wrong with Hollywood, right. because Sally Field was cast to play his mom, even mm-hmm. though they were basically the same age in real right. life. Yeah, but you know what? She, the makeup and stuff, she acted well. No, I know, but 
you know, it's when when they cite how there's not good roles for older actresses and right. stuff like this is one of the ones that comes up as an example. But my my response to that would be, but she had to play across the generations. And you know, I don't disagree with you. So that that'd be my only response. To that, but I I do I un- unapologetically love Forrest Gump. Teresa, you're number two. Well, I wanted to say my favorite oh, scene. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My favorite scene from Forrest Gump is when he goes to Jenny's house and he finds out that he has a son, and he asks her. Yeah. He can't even get the words out. You know, uh, like if he's he smart. You know, smart and. And he finds out just how brilliant his son is and the tears that come to his eyes. And I'm just, it gets me every time. Yeah. Your son is named Forrest, too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I named him after his daddy. What you watching? Uh, little and Haley, who played the son? Little Haley Joel Osment. I see dead people. Mm. <laughs> All right. So my number two is Apollo 13. I I am a space nut, and I love NASA, and I love Apollo, and I love everything about NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so this combines two loves together, and I love his performance as Jim Lovell. He did such a good job, and I actually have on my phone um, one of the noises on my phone for like text message or something is Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. The story of Apollo 13 gets me every time, just the story itself. But then his, the way that he portrays Jim Lovell in this is just so good. But, I mean, it, it's all of the actors in this movie, actually. It's just so good. Yeah, I uh, that's my number two as well, Teresa, by the way. Woo! So we're knocking out two birds with one stone here. Um, I, uh, I This movie... Just it gets me every time I watch it. I've seen it again and again and again, and I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, I love Ed Harris as mm-hmm. Mission Con- at Mission Control. Mm-hmm. I love what's going on with the crew. Kevin Bacon is in this bad boy, so you know there's your connection to the rest of Hollywood. Gary Sinise, but Tom Cruise as Jim Lovell is just great. Tom Cruise. I mean Tom, Tom Hanks. Cruise. I'm sorry, Tom Hanks as Jim Lovell is just outstanding because what they do you know he's the centerpiece of this whole thing of course and so we follow him we see him with the family we see him in mission mode we see him going to bat for his team we see him you know my favorite moment i think of the movie is when he loses it and they're like we're still on box and (laughs) because they can hear him as he's just going off on he's like ah uh yeah, Jim. Be advised, we're still on Vox down here, uh, which is basically I can hear every word you say. Um, and and his just reaction. Uh, copy that, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love Apollo thirteen. Ayers, you said uh, Private Ryan was my number two. Right, so right. We, we covered that. Nice, already. nice. So here we are, the big number ones all the way around. Teresa. <laughs> Uh, what can I say about this movie? It is the movie that my mom and I listen to, or listen to, that we watch anytime we're having a bad day. Or there's nothing else on TV. Um, it is the movie that I can watch anytime, day or night, and I will never fall asleep. <laughs> Turner and Hooch? Yes. No. Oh. Sleep is in Seattle. 
Mm. This I grew up on this movie, watching it for everything. This movie was my medicine if I had a bad day. This movie was the thing that got me through scary nights after I'd watched something scary. I had to watch something that made me feel good. Even to this day, I will call my mom and I will just say, well, hello, Howard. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, it's so good. And he does such a great job. And there's the whole scene where they talk about swatches. <laughs> Come on, let's go look at swatches. And I'm like, that's a watch. That's it. Um, It's a swatch. And it's just, it, you know, it breaks my heart at first because he loses his wife. And then you hear the whole story about how she can peel an apple in one curly strip. And then Meg Ryan does it. And I'm like, oh, it's destiny. They're just supposed to be together because she can do it too. Um, It's just so cute. And it's, it's just a great movie. And Jonah play the guy, the kid who plays Jonah's really, really good, and I like his little egg chair that he has in his room. Oh, and when I went to Seattle, I had to go and find the Tom Hanks house um, or the Sleepless in Seattle house, and I found it. And I was like, "That's the house." <laughs> um, I again was Sleepless. I've seen Sleepless in Seattle once or twice. Um, I just I prefer You've Got Mail to it, but. It is, it is, I think, probably for most people when it comes to that Tom Hanks-Meg Ryan trilogy where, wherein Meg Ryan was cheating on Billy Crystal with Tom Hanks, as Eric has established. <laughs> uh, I do, I think that that's most people's pick of, of those three movies. Uh, you know, Joe versus the Volcano is kind of just way out there. but Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I think most people really, that Sleepless in Seattle is the more chosen of those movies. and it's, I, I think mean, it was great. the bigger hit of, yeah. the, of them as well. Um, I'll go ahead and throw out Erish. We'll save your number one here. I'll go ahead and throw out my number one because we have talked about it, but it's big. I, I love that movie. I love the one thing I didn't say when we were talking about it is Tom Hanks' portrayal as a child. Um, you know, being being a child in a grown up's body, doing everything. You know, from from the moment when he first find you know finds himself in that little uh, apartment, you know, kind of slum. Yeah, and he's scared to death, and he go and he cries himself to sleep. You know, then you know you see him just a few days later, and he's like used to it. Uh, and and him and his buddy just trying to figure out well, what's going on, how we're going to live. And he lands his job at the toys, you know, in the in the toy company and everything. And and he has no clue what's going on the whole time. And uh, but the he, handball scene, yes. Yeah, you know, where they're fighting over the handball, and he's just—I mean, it's totally something a little a kid would do, mm-hmm. like you know, stretching his arm out to keep it away. And and so and he plays it so well, like he plays all that stuff up so well, along with, you know, the learning of being in the adult world that he goes through. Um, and it's it's almost a it's a bit of a dark comedy in in some ways. Um, but it's still, uh, it's still just one of my favorites. It, it is my favorite. Oh, everyone okay? You all right, Irish? I'm oh fine. My, oh my god! Was that just your? Ha- was that one of your cats? My cat just knocked off everything off of the nightstand, and he wasn't even near. I don't know if he jumped and he hit everything. But I have all three cats in the room, so they're all cautiously walking over to the pile of stuff just to investigate. Cats are jerks. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, thanks, Chopper. Arish, you're number one, sir. All right, I'm cheating a little bit here. Yeah. 
um, I'm throwing out the trilogy. Star Wars? No, the oh. Toy Story trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you got to lump them all together. I mean, Tom Hanks as Woody is just magic. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Such a great <laughs> character. Howdy, howdy. So much energy mm-hmm. and, I just, yeah, I just love it. Well, you almost, with his delivery of some of those lines, you know, think to the first one, you are a, a toy. toy. You know, that you can just see Tom Hanks really doing that, and, and, and Woody's got some of that Tom Hanks movement about him and everything. Yeah. Um, and, oh, geez, and the way he plays up the the jealousy there, the first one's just a, a work of art, and then, you know, the second one, those movies speak to me as as they should anyone who's ever been passionate about their toys as a child to being a collector as an adult to just letting it all go they those movies should speak to everybody well <laughs> and, and that's one of the special things about these two i think of you know maybe with the exception of big but really with you know all of his movies it's like these three are the ones that like work for all ages right right you know, you can sit there and watch it with your grandparents and your kids, like, all at the same time, and everybody's going to enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, I I love them. I think they're great movies. I hesitate to say too much right now um, because, well, we're going to talk about them on another show. On the Vault okay. Talk. On the vault and I talk. don't want to be repetitive. But, that's, but, but hey, Teresa, that's... You don't, you don't come on past the corn and hold back, That's Teresa. right. Especially, okay. All right, okay. Especially, so, Teresa, especially, Teresa, because that's what? Three years down the road? That's true. So. Um, Woody, to me, is like the iconic toy that I would have in my collection. He's the one who keeps everybody else in order. And make sure everybody is okay. Do you have a moving buddy? Um, just There's just so much about him. And his reaction to Buzz in the first one, where Buzz has you know, officially lost his crap. And he's like, I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> and Woody's just looking at him like, get it together, dude. <laughs> you know? Well, that classic Tom Hanks stammer when everyone's looking at him and you know, and he's just holding up his arm, and they all think that he's that Woody has uh, turned on him and and yeah, you know, offed him. Oh, so good. Well, and then you know when Woody discovers that he was really like a famous like toy and character and stuff, and the way that Bullseye just loves him, it's just so cute and. Yeah. He did such a great job. I didn't. I don't know how he does this voiceover work the way that he does. And voiceover actors always blow me away. And he's one of the few famous voiceover actors that I think can still be a famous actor on screen and a voiceover actor and still be good. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the most interesting things to me about Woody's character is that if Tom isn't available to do the voice, they get his brother Jim, who can do it exactly the same it's it's almost it's flawless yeah i didn't know that yeah so like for video games and some of those things when tom's not around they just get jim his his younger brother or his older brother younger brother i think yeah i'm not sure i did not know that yeah but it's just he does such a great job as woody and i like watching him you know as Woody, like in person, when he tries to, you know, do the voice and like act out being a 
you know, being a wooden toy or a little toy. <laughs> it's really funny. And he he said on an interview that like a lot of kids don't believe that it's him. And so he tells them to cover his eyes, to cover their eyes, and then just he listen to him. Yeah, just listen to him, and then wow. you know, he's great. He's great. Eric, tell tell us a little bit about the Toy Stories. What? Tell us a little bit more about Toy Story. I love when you wax eloquent about these things. I think Teresa just kind of covered a lot <laughs> of it for me there. Uh, Teresa waxed eloquent for me. Well, So, like, here's an example. I was looking it up. For Woody's character in the Disney Infinity Games, it's not actually Tom Hanks. It's Jim Hanks. It's Jim. That makes yeah. sense. Um, so... And in Toy Story 3, the video game, Toy Story Midway Mania, the short, it was Jim Hanks. Um, he actually did Tom's voice for the Polar Express video game. Um, that's another, you know, voice actor role that Tom did that is just amazing. I want Tom Hanks to show up in a Marvel movie, guys. <laughs> that would be cool. He would be great as the Watcher. Oh, my gosh. I'm just dreaming now. All right. All right. Uh, so did on your honorable mention list, were mm -hmm. there any movies that didn't get covered in our top fives? Yeah, I have yes. I have a few. Fire away, what'd you guys have? Teresa, do it rapid fire. All right. Larry Crown. Oh, I love Larry Crown. Love that movie. Um I mean it's look, let's be honest, it's not a great movie, but there's just something about it that is so incredibly watchable. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Terminal. The oh, Terminal the makes me cry all yes. the time. Yes. I, I, but I love it. And then Captain Phillips. Like, Captain Phillips resonated with me because of the shock and the, 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 the scenes at the end when he finally goes into shock, when he's finally able to let go. When I he's was, back on the ship in the medical. Yes. yes. I, I have dealt with people that have gone through that emotional roller coaster with things and you know had to help them through it i lost it in the movie theater i was crying so hard i couldn't even see the screen that's it's, the scene he just that, he he kills it in that scene that's the scene that made the movie for me because yes. i mean it was a good movie until that point but it became real at that moment when he just completely broke down and lost it like that's when i was like Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those were the three on my list that didn't make it there. And I, I actually have one more. It's actually a league of their own. Um, oh yeah. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. And uh, I mean the line that he says to the ump where he says, You look like a penis with a little hat on. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I didn't say, I didn't do anything. Oh, you're going to throw me out. Well, Jimmy Dugan is my favorite Tom Hanks character. Oh, nice. Oh, there we nice. go, the favorite character. That, I mean, that I have used the, with all my nephews playing Little League, I have used the There's No Crying in Baseball on them so many times. And they just look at me like I'm an idiot. Um I love the scene where he, the, the very first scene that you see him in where he, I think it's the first one where he walks into the locker room and goes to the urinal and just yes. pees for like five minutes. Yes. Um, I just love everything about that character. Yep. 
I mean, it's not really his movie. He's very much the backseat to, you know, all Gina Davis and Lori Petty and Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell and all them. But the, the few moments that he has throughout the movie, he just absolutely steals. Where he throws the mitt at the kid, he's just like, yeah! <laughs> you know, I love that. <laughs> Such a great movie. Such a great movie. Uh, so, yeah, that was my, I made a special note that Jimmy Dugan was my favorite Tom Hanks character. Oh, hey, actually, Erish, I just figured it out. They're not filming um, The Lost Symbol. They filmed Inferno. They skipped oh, the yes. third one yeah. and they're filming the fourth one. Yeah, the, the, the last one that came mm-hmm. out. Teresa, any more? Do you have any more honorable mentions? Nope. Okay. Eric? I just have my favorite character. Which will uh, be- we talked about Forrest Gump and the Green Mile already, so the third honorable mention that I had marked down was Road to Perdition. Mm. Oh, good movie. And I kind of picked this one because it's a little bit of a departure. Yes. For yes. Hanks. Yeah. You know, he's not quite a bad guy in it. <clears throat> Um, but you know, he's not necessarily he's, the hero. I was going to say he's not that. quite a good guy either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just the cast is phenomenal. Yeah. His scenes with, with, I miss Paul Newman so much. Yep. Um, his scenes with Paul Newman were great. Daniel Craig is in this and Jude Law. I mean, the cast is just phenomenal on this. There's some great action sequences. Love the relationship with him and his son. Good movie. Um, I had a few here that uh, Teresa mentioned the terminal already. I had that down as an honorable mention. Uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Yes. Oh, I yeah. really dig that movie. It's you know it's a time in history that I was alive and. Uh, I have to admit I didn't <clears throat> cite that one because I knew that you were gonna have it on your list. Someday. Yeah. Well, I I just I really dig it. I I think it's very. You know, at the time when it came out, especially, it was real poignant to what was going on here. It still is a little bit poignant to mm-hmm. what, what we've got going on. But also just a, a great look at, you know, a, a, a man. It's, it's, of course, based on real-life events and everything. And, and it's a look at a man who saw the future and saw that there was some other stuff that needed to be done and no one listened to him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, Julia Roberts in that movie is just phenomenal, as, you know, Julia Roberts is. I I have a huge crush on Julia Roberts and always will. Me too. Um, so, yeah, Charlie Wilson's work, Dragnet, with he and Dan Aykroyd. This was just a favorite as a kid. I would just rent this and watch it. I, I just loved it, and I thought he was great in it. You know, He played the, the bad boy cop to, to, uh, to Dan Aykroyd's straight Joe Friday. And, um, and uh, I really always dug at And then The Burbs with Carrie Fisher. The Burbs is this insane movie. <laughs> like, I can never figure out, am I supposed to be rooting for these people? <laughs> or what? And then at the end, like, he practically almost dies. And it's like, they were still doing illegal stuff. And it's just confusing. And um, But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun movie. And it's a, it's a weird movie. But it's another one that we've always kind of quoted, you know, darkly. With some different things, but uh, Corey Feldman, Carrie Fisher, Tom Hanks, man, come on. What you talking about? Love the burbs. Love the burbs. I mean, the truth of the matter is is that you almost can't go wrong with the Hanks movie. Mm-hmm. 
it really is. I mean, just kind of scrolling up and down the uh, the IMDb, I, I, there were some things that I'd forgotten that he'd kind of been in, you know, just as a as a bit part here and there. Um, and of course, you know, his like I say, his TV stuff. His he was, uh, you know, in he had a few appearances in Family Ties back in the day. Of course, Bosom Buddies and all. We all know that. Uh, I didn't realize he'd made an appearance at one point on Happy Days back in 82. Oh, yeah. That was a big deal for him, actually, because he gets to punch the fawns. So there you go. So did not know that. Uh, Eric, you mentioned Turner and Hooch. You know, that's one that kind of gets derided, but it was that classic, you know, late 80s, some kind of buddy cop movie with a twist. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really talk about Philadelphia, but, you know, Philadelphia and Forrest Gump back-to-back back Oscars. Back-to-back Oscars. For him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as you get on into to more recent, we didn't talk a lot about, you know, we, we mentioned, of course, Toy Story, but we didn't talk about the Polar Express and how... Oh, I was about to. That, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I thought you were through with all your... No, mentions. we were going to talk about favorite characters. Okay, well, go for it then. Um, my favorite character for him is a split between the conductor and his like seven other roles in the Polar Express. It, it, specifically on the Polar Express, he plays this character that just captures the magic of Christmas in my eyes. Mm. Um, it's just such a great movie, and it his he it oh I don't know I don't even know how to describe it, but the voice is so his. It's not like he's creating a voice for the conductor. The voice is just himself, and I feel like that is almost as real of a Tom Hanks as we're ever going to get on screen, you know, Mm. of him just being him. Like, I feel like that's him. He is the conductor. If you just talk to him, he's that guy. Um, But it's a split between his Walt Disney character and Saving Mr. Banks. I... I loved him as Walt. I thought he did an amazing job. Um, I was surprised that that didn't show up on your top five. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good movie. It's just not like the best of the Tom Hanks movies, mm-hmm. you know, for me. But like, I I really do love that movie, and I love how he really went. He went into the archives. He got to go to the Disney Museum, and he just nailed it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he nailed uh, playing Walt. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I didn't think much of the rest of the movie. I hated all the the backstory stuff for her. If they if they just stuck with the current day of the getting the movie made, I think I would have been more interested in it. But every scene that he was in, I, I was just glued to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking favorite character, uh, I got to go with Professor G H Door from the Lady Killers. Oh yeah, the Lady Killers is such a good movie. I mean, it's it's a good movie, but I just love that Colonel Sanders look and everything else he's got yep. going on in there. I just he's he is, and again a bit of a departure because you know he's not a good guy and Mm-mm. and so uh, yeah. Um, any uh, any final thoughts there, uh, Teresa, about the old Tom Hanks? About Hanks, I love him. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Erish? Steve, you've got to see Band of Brothers, man. You yeah, do. I, I want to. I, I, we, I, we need to rectify that. I need to. I need to put that on my uh, my to do list for sure. You need to watch From the Earth to the Moon, man. I, yeah, I definitely want to see do that. that too. Yeah, and I've got to go back and watch You've Got Mail. 
Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't put that as a priority as the Band of Brothers and the From the Earth to the Moon. <laughs> but it is a fun movie, and it is. I would. And because it's such a product of its time, that's one of the things that makes it so fun to me nowadays. Is you know the dial up. Yeah, like, you've got mail because everyone was on AOL for a while. I mean, we all hung out in AOL chat rooms. Yeah, so, we did. You know, and pretended to be someone else or whatever the case may be. Um, well, guys, Teresa, thanks for sitting in with us. Thank you. He's my favorite this. actor. So. And Erish is always brother. Thank pass you. Pass the corn, man. Yeah, pass the corn, bro. Um, guys, that wraps us up, man, here on Geek Out Loud. I want to thank everyone who's joined us live in the chat at Mixler.com slash Goliverse. It's always good to have you guys with us. Uh, we are, of course, um, at geekoutpodcast.com. You can find all the RSS feeds and the iTunes links over that way. You can email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. I'm at Steve Glosson. Teresa is at Ice Cold Penguin on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Instagram, too, every now and again. And Erish is at Darth underscore Duff on Twitter. And on the Instagrams, I'm Darth Duff 428 All one word. All one word. Uh, we are uh, Geek Out Loud on Twitter, at The Goaliverse on Twitter. Make sure you follow that. Facebook.com slash Geek Out Loud, where there's a new goal poll up. Your favorite universal monster classic universal monster up on the twitter right up on the facebook right now facebook.com slash geek out loud don't forget those amazon links geekoutpodcast.com geekoutonline.com audibletrial.com slash geek out you want to check out the books that we were talking about that uh, some of these movies are based on particularly those dan brown books forrest gump was a novel before it was a movie there's actually a sequel to forrest gump too. yep and uh and that got people talking about there would be a sequel to the movie forrest gump and uh, alas, I don't think it's ever to be. AudibleTrial.com slash geekout. Go get your free trial, your free audiobook. Support the show by doing so. If you want to support us directly, just do so at patreon.com slash geekout. Buy a t-shirt, man. Geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Geekoutonline.com slash shirts. We'll take you to our T Public store. Check out Teresa and Fangirls Going Rogue. Check her out on Disney Vault Talk. Check her out on Star Wars Bookworms. Do you still do any blogging, Teresa? Very rarely, but um, fangirlnextdoor.com, you can see the stuff I do write. I also still write stuff on Jedi News. Oh, yeah, um, jedinews.co.uk. Yep, and not as much on the Star Wars Report as I used to, but um, I podcast more than anything else. And for those of you who like listening to me talk about things, um, check out Fangirl Chat on iTunes and um, everywhere else. It is our fangirl podcast about other geeky things. You can hear me talk about Hunger Games, My Little Pony, Star Wars trading cards, and all the other randomness. My Little Pony. Get over we there, We did a Bronies. Muppets episode, actually, our last episode. Thanks for the invite. It um, was what the Muppets TV show was last minute. Thanks for the invite. Um, <laughs> Erish, are you out of the con season? I am. I am. Delray will be at BlizzCon uh, in November, I believe, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to that. Nice. Um, so I've got a little bit of a break until probably spring. Yeah, yeah. So. Hoping, hoping to be able to see you uh, early December. I'm sorry to say that oh. that's not happening now. Well, at least you some got... Family, some family things came up that just didn't allow it to happen, but... Now, instead, I'm hoping to come down for possibly a Star Wars weekend if they do it. That's what I'm talking about. 
Teresa says they're still on. I'm saying they're still on. Teresa. I'm hoping they are because I can't. I, I got to see my brother from another mother get killed on stage. I hear. <laughs> yeah, and what basically Star Wars weekends for Steve is? How can he figure out a way to get on stage yet again? That's what that's what Star Wars weekends has become for me. So, um, anyhow, apparently, Arish, as always, brother, thank you for being on, man. Yeah, happy uh, Back to the Future Day. Happy Back to the Future Day. Back to the Future now officially all takes place in the past. In the past. There you go. All right, everyone. For Erish, for Teresa, I'm Steve Glosson. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.